wonderful. Well, you can remove your visor. struggling to see out of your visor there is a little there's a plastic film on the outside you kind of have to pick away at it a little bit but it'll then just peel off so if your visor was cloudy it's because the plastic film wasn't isn't off your visor so just a reminder to everyone about these visors is that um, please please bring yours home with you and bring it back next week if you forget it we will have spares but we don't want to try have to rebuy visors every week for everybody. They cost about a buck twenty a piece, and um, we also don't want to have to clean every visor by having you hand them back in. So if you can keep your visors with you, bring them back the following week. If you again, if you forget it, there will be other ones there for you. But it just helps us if we uh, if we you keep bringing them back. Again, Josh. Abby, Alex, thank you so much. It was amazing you just leading us in worship this morning. I've got to say, it's a, little, it's a little weird being in this theater, you know, especially after being outside. It was so informal when we were outside and now having to deal with all the, technic, all the technology and all the different things we've got to deal with here. But again, it's just amazing that we get to be together the way that we do. So this morning... I want to share with us uh, about, just want to build on what I had been sharing on before. And uh, I also want to, uh, we're going to look at a few different scriptures. So I want to show you something here. What is this that I'm holding? An extension cord. Okay. And is this extension, what, what's it do? It extends power, okay? And so if I just like plug something in, like this light into my extension cord, is it going to work? No? For those of you online, I'm totally messing with Kirill. He's like, oh my gosh, James is moving and this is not working so well. So uh, yeah. So no, it, it doesn't. The light doesn't come on. Nothing along those lines. Why? It's it's what? It's not connected. It's it's not connected to his power, to his power source. So keep that thought. The um. It's this interesting thing. You know, if I, if I took this power cord and I took this power cord, I mean, they look a little bit different, right? But do they, do they act different? Right? And, and will either one of these on their own achieve anything? No. Okay. So this is this interesting thing. So if you remember, if you hear, if you watched online a couple of weeks ago when I was last speaking, and I was just, I was talking about the fact, uh, you know, where Jesus talked about the fact that he's the bread of life. You know, he said that, that we literally, he, he said to people, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. It was, it was this idea, and, and it was his comparison 
was the manna that the, that the Israelites received in the desert. And he's saying, hey, look, he was, again, just to remind everybody, it was, it's in John 6. I'm going to read from John 7 today. But John 6, Jesus has just done these miracles. He's fed 5,000 people. He's walked on water. He's gone over to the other side of the river. And then he comes, and the people that were fed by him, the people that ate from this miracle where he took a couple of loaves and, and fishes and fed all these 5,000 people, the people that witnessed that miracle come looking for him. And, and when, he, when they come and find him, He's just like, hey, actually, you, you don't want me. You actually just want more, more bread. You just want more of this, this food that I, that I gave you. And, you know, he challenged the people on that. And some of the people are like, well, well who, who are you? And, and, and why should we listen to you? And you know, show us a sign that you are who you, you know, who you say you are. And he's like, you know, it's, it's not about the sign. It's actually... So you got you got to want me. You got it's not about the bread, you know, that you can eat. He says literally, don't don't be focused on the bread that you work for. It's never going to satisfy. The thing that satisfies is if you'll feed on me. You know, eat my flesh, drink my blood. I am the bread of life. He was saying to people and it, and it it shocked people. People couldn't get their head around it. A lot of people left. You know, it left them because, I mean, they had no context. We have context when you hear those words, but they're just hearing some guy saying, eat me, right? Eat me. All right, here, why don't you, you know? To, and so they're like, that's ridiculous. Why, why would we listen to that? And yet, you know, Jesus before that, and he kept saying it, and it's, it's a very big theme in, in the Gospel of John, saying, hey, look, unless you're seeking God, unless you actually are seeking the Father, and, and, and he's drawing you, then you're not actually going to understand who I am. You know, if, you, if you're not interested in that connection with God, then you'll never get who I am. And so the, the disciples that he had chosen, that were following him, they're closest with him, they didn't walk away. They actually like, no, Jesus, you are the one that has the words of eternal life. Where else could we go? They recognized that actually Jesus was who he said he was. And as, as difficult as the teaching as they found it, and as much as they didn't understand what it was they're saying, they're like, we know there's so much more. Why? Because it wasn't just based on, on the miracles. They, they'd seen the miracles. They'd been with him. They, weren't, they, they understood. They may not fully have understood who Jesus was, and this, but they, they were grasping this guy is the Messiah. They didn't understand necessarily his mission or what was going to happen in terms of him going to the cross at that point. But they knew. They're like, no, we're here because we, we understand that, we, that Jesus is who he says he is. And so if, if you are, the scripture will come up on the screen. But if you've got your Bible with you or on your phone or whatever, you can look at it. We're going to look at John 7 today. And in John 7, you know, so we've, we finished up with him saying about the bread of life. And in John 7 the story picks up where Jesus goes to the festival of tabernacles. And, you know, originally he says, no, I'm not going to go there. You know, and people were like warning him not to go. But he decided to go anyway to the festival of the tabernacles. And, and people were challenging him. But he, he, he stood in the temple courts there at the festival and was teaching people. And it says here in verse 16, 
after people were challenging Jesus on like, what authority was he teaching on? Where, why, you know, who, who did he really think he was? And Jesus answers, he said, look, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does it to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Then says, has not Moses given you the law, yet not one of you keeps the law? Why are you trying to kill me? And the crowd, they, they, you know, especially the Pharisees and Sadducees and those that were like opposed to Jesus, that didn't believe he was who he says he was, they're like, you were demon-possessed. The crowd answered, who's trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle and you were all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on a Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on a Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry at me for healing a, man who's bought, healing a man's body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Now, there's some real significant things that Jesus is saying here, and it's, it's important for us. So we live in this weird culture. I, I, tell, I tell you, when we came, it was a real struggle, to be honest with you, to book this theater. Because we are not about entertainment. You know, I'm not against entertainment. I'm not against going to a movie. I'm not saying that. But, but coming to church is not a process of entertainment. Right? It's us being the church. is us being followers of Jesus that are rooted into him and who are you know, walking together, learning to obey what he commands and loving one another. Now, we're in this weird pandemic where so, we're... we're where the world is all topsy-turvy and we can't do things the way we would normally do. But I, I want to, this society that we're in, unfortunately, and so often what's happened, the world has so crept into even how we do church. There's almost in North America an entertainment expectation with church. You know, the number of times in leading church, I've been doing it for you know, more than a decade full-time, and was in leadership long before that. And, and the number of times people are like, well, I didn't, I didn't feel fed by the sermon, or I didn't feel this, or I didn't like the worship, or I didn't this, this thing or that thing. And man, and it misses the point. And the reason I say, well, how does that connect to what I'm saying? I'll, I'll be honest, there's only one thing that I have an interest in for us as a community, and, and that is that Jesus would be more magnified. You know, that as we come together like this, you know, that, that through our, this time, I want to encourage you and remind you of, of Jesus, that he is the son of God. You know, he is who he says he is, that his promises are true, that everything he's done for you, he did it 2,000 years ago on the cross. Like I started this morning, and for those of you that are online, I'm sorry, the online connection was, was wonky at the beginning, and I'm glad you're able to listen now. But I was saying when we started, I'm like, look, God is with you always. The Holy Spirit has come when you've given your life to Jesus and made him your Lord of your life. The Holy Spirit's come to, to be with you. And the Holy Spirit doesn't come and go. God's connection with you isn't there on a, when you're having a good day and gone when you're having a bad day. 
your awareness of your connection with God may, may be less on your bad day. But God doesn't change and he doesn't go away from you. Jesus is with you always. His, the spirit is with you always. His, you have access to him all the time. And just like these power cords that I was showing us before, right? Out, outside of the source of him, yeah, we, we, you know, this is a good power cord, this is a good power cord, but they're pretty useless without Jesus, right? For us to live the life that we're meant to live, not the fleshly life that the world, I mean, we can, we can all function in the world without Jesus. We can live by the world's standards and our fleshly ways. We can live, you know, we can, we can do that. But if we're going to be everything that we're meant to be and live that life of joy and peace and assurance of walking with God, then we have to not just be unplugged, but remember and, and be conscious of us being plugged into the source. Now that, that source is always with you, which is amazing. I like this cord. This cord isn't plugged in. This cord isn't plugged in. We'll, we'll do something with them in a minute, but he's always with you. Now the amazing thing that what Jesus is saying there, right? If you remember in, in John 7, the beginning there, let me pull it back up again. Because he goes, my teaching is not of my own. Uh, actually, I'm going to back up here. I'm sorry, I didn't give them the scripture up there. But in, in verse 14, it, it says, not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having being taught? How did this man get such learning without having been taught? They recognized he hadn't gone to the rabbinical schools. He hadn't been educated in their ways. And, and yet here's this man teaching. And he says, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. It comes from the one who sent me. I want us to skip ahead to another thing that Jesus says in John. So if you want to go to John 15. And I may have read this scripture recently, but I'm going to read it again because it's just such an important one. Here in John 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does not bear fruit, he pr he do that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And he goes on and he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whether, whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is for my father's glory, that you will bear much fruit. And it says something really important after this, because he says, as the father's loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, 
just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. That's a scripture that, that many of us, if we've been in church for, for any length of time, we probably know, we've probably heard over and over. But like this power cord here, right? We're going to, someone sitting over there, does someone want to bring me, there's a power, there's something plugged into the wall over there. And so, each one of us has access to that source. And in the one sense, we, we, we remain in him. He's with us all the time, access to that all the time. It's this, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yep, that's perfect. Thanks, Lee. So if I take this, it's a bit of a longer extension cord. And then I plug, you know, one of these extension cords in. And I plug this in. Now it does something. Right? Now it does something. I'm probably totally messing up the camera. Let me move this over to the side, you know. It was like, no one can see what's going on. There we go. But so now something's happening. Now, here's the really interesting thing. We can you know, cut that source off by me turning this little dial inside and it goes out. And, and I, I do that because like this light, if I, if I choose to not draw from that source of Jesus, if I, true, if I choose to do things in my own strength, my own abilities... Well, then I can be plugged in. I can have like, I've given my life to Jesus. I've made him my Lord, but I'm still operating in my self-sufficiency, right? It, the source is there. Yeah. I, I've got to surrender and stay plugged into that vine. Stay plugged into him, be eating from him, be, 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 be living with him and for him. Because that being, like this lamp being plugged into the power source, if I, it's not turned on, it's, it's a, it, it, can't light anything up. For us, if we, if we, even if we're plugged in and the Holy Spirit's there going, hey, I, I want to empower you. And Jesus is there saying, hey, I've already done it all for you. But we're still trying to do it in our own strength. Then it's like we're, we're not quite turned on like this lamp. And let me illustrate that for you. I was, I was telling we, a, a group of people from, us from the worship team we're together yesterday. I was just using this example. And I say, you know, real, reality, I grew up, I grew up in a Catholic church and in that environment, it was more works-based. And for whatever reason, I'm not, the reality is for me, for most of my Christian life, I, you know, lived doing things, trying to please God. Is this, is, you know, I do, Harold, do this thing over here. Look at this good work. Look at that thing. And you do it in your own strength and your own ability and then bring it to God and go, God, is this good? And, and keep doing that. And God's like, you know, and it's, it's actually this thing of going, God, am I good enough yet? And I don't know if any of you can relate to that. But it's this weird thing, you know, because the world puts our value in what we do. You know, the, our, the world says, you know, the better job you have, the better income you have. You know, and, we, and this thing drips into Christianity and, and going, well, actually... If, if someone's doing well financially, they're more blessed. Yeah, they're more blessed. The Bible doesn't say that, but, 
but th- that's what we believe, right? They must be, God must have more favor on their lives because, you know, they're more attractive. They have nicer things. Uh, they're the person that's up at the front speaking. You know, you, you name the different labels. And yet, what Jesus did for all of us is the great equalizer. We're all these amazing equal people before God. Our value isn't in our social standing. It's not in our bank account. It's not in our job. It's not in any of those things. Our value is in that we're all children of God. We have, by the very thing that Jesus has done for each and every one of us, we all are equally, if we've given our life to Jesus, we're all equally plugged into this source. we all plugged into the power. And we are all these wonderful, amazing people that, that God values. That says, you were worth dying for. Pause and think about that for a sec. For your own life. You have value and worth to God. Not based on what you do, but because he created you and he loves you. You have value and worth to God. You know, all of you up there can see how many hairs, and you're going to really, now that you're all looking down on the top of my head, you can really see how many hairs are lo- I've lost on my head. God knows how many were there when I was born, and he knows how many are there now, Scripture tells me. He's counted every hair on my head. Think about that. The being that created a universe that is so big that we cannot even comprehend it. There's more, the, the number of scar, star, stars in the sky is, like, we, we can't comprehend the size of the universe. And the being that created all of that knows the number of hairs that are on your head. And, and that, that God says, you are valuable, you are worthy, and he loves you. You don't have to do what I did for so many years. Go and try to do something and present it to God or to others to find your value and your worth. Your value and your worth is found in Jesus. And it's what it was what was so beautiful for people in in the early church. It's in I talked about this before in different parts of the world. And it should be here. And it's like I read from Matthew 25 where Jesus says what you do for the least of my brothers and sisters. And when he says the least, he's not saying he sees them as the least. He's saying the people you don't value, I value. And how you treat the people that maybe don't look the way you think that they should be, that, that tells me how much of my heart you have. How much of, of, of plugged into the source you, you are. And I, I share that with us. So that we don't fall into kind of the lull that happens when the world comes into the church. And that we think it's just about showing up on a Sunday. 
or, or things. It's, it's the, tr- the value of Lifehouse as your community. If Lifehouse is your community, it only has value if you will invest in the people, because that's what it is. You know, that we would love one another as Christ has loved us. That we would connect with one another, that we would encourage one another, that we would build one another up, that we would hold up each other's hands when we're going through difficult times, that when we are, when we're, as we walk together, we truly would do that. There is no value in walking alone. We can't walk by ourselves. So as we're, as we walk as a community together, God is going to speak to us. Jesus was directly connected to his father. So he could, God could work through Jesus to others. The amazing thing, God can work through you to others as well. Right? He works through each and every one of us. That's why we need one another. This, this source, this power source is providing light here. The power source that says, and I purposely picked a lamp because we're to be the light to the world. And, you know, in Corinthians, in Corinthians 13, where it talks about love, and it, and it finishes off and it says, there's only three things that will remain when all is said and done. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. This light, from what Jesus said, people will know that we're disciples because we love one another. Not by our great teaching, not by our ministry, not by the miracles we do, but by our love. That's, that's our light. Our light is actually our love for one another. That only the true pure love that only can come because we understand we're loved by God. And that we can be that light to the world because we love one another. That is the simplicity of Christianity. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him would have eternal life. And Jesus said that if we believed in him, we'll obey his command. And his command is love one another. And the interesting thing, he was, when he was talking to his disciples, he was saying, you guys love one another. Love one another. He wasn't saying generically. It wasn't go love people. It's like love one another. Those 12, at this stage when he's saying that 11, because Judas has already gone off, saying he's 11, you're my friends if you do what I ask. You remain in me if you obey what I command, and you remain in me by loving one another. And these, in our complicated world that, that, that we're so busy and there's so much, you know, the thing, you go on the internet and so much teaching, so much thing, so much ministry and so many people putting stuff on Facebook and so many, all these different things. And we can get confused and excited and enticed by things. That's why we've got to just go back to what Jesus said and what Jesus taught and what he said and taught was love one another. Love one another. Uh, There's not much more I can say on this, actually. And so, Lord, I just pray for us. 
that in this time, that our love would actually grow for one another. That as we remain in you, as we remember, actually, we don't have to prove anything to anybody. We're, we don't have to bring something to the table. We don't have to do something great for you. We don't have to do a ministry. We, we just need to love you. And, and if we love you, then we'll love those that you've put us in community with, those that you've asked us to walk alongside of. And so help us grow in that love. And you tell us in Corinthians 13, you even define what that kind of love looks like. And so Lord, help us. Help us as a people, as your church, as your body, to be a light to the world around us by how we love one another. And as a result, how we're able to love the, all those that you send our way. I just pray blessing on each and every one of us today. It's awesome. Thank you for being here in person. Thank you for being online. And if you can connect with people, invite people over to your home if you're able. But let's, whatever you can do to be, to be connecting and loving one another, let's during this time excel in that. Amen. So, just sorry, instructions for those that are in here. I forgot. <laughs> so, in terms of leaving, again, part of the, just uh, part of the rules that Cineplex has to abide by is that that we, we, everyone has to leave in an orderly fashion, so that we're not bumping into each other and and potentially spreading COVID. So, if you can, just the uh, the ushers are gonna have uh, just like release people row by row, and so if just you can be patient with that in in leaving. And uh, again, thank you for being here. <laughs>